0: been a a ton of fun and and, and really impactful um, for for all of our lives. And this morning, we are going a little different, uh, taking a little different approach, and we're going country, if you haven't noticed, and we're enjoying that. And this morning, the song that we will feature is a song that is actually one of the second most downloaded songs in history. And the songwriters who wrote this song say that this song was written out of their own desperation, their own loneliness, their own pain that they have experienced in their life. And I think that maybe you will relate as well as you listen to the words of a song. It's written by the, the singers of Lady Antebellum. It's called Need You Now. Good morning, Westridge. How are we? Well, I I think this is the one morning that the nine o'clock guys outdid you um, on that question. So, but uh, hey, man, it's great to see you guys here this morning. Glad to be here with you. Want to welcome all of our people over at the West Campus as well. Let's say hello to them, West Campus folks. Um, So, it's the week that many of us have been waiting on. It is Country Sunday here at Westridge. And uh, I gotta be honest, I have no idea how I got picked to be the speaker on, uh, on Country Sunday because I'm not really a country music fan at all. And um, before you, I, I know I hear it all, right. before you country music fans get offended and leave, um, let me explain myself, okay? Uh, I was the kid that grew up being tortured with country music by my father. Um, I would get in the car, uh, and and this would never fail. Get in the car with my dad, and I'd want to change the radio like every kid does. And he would have it on the country station that I couldn't stand, and he would refuse to let me change it. And so I would ride hours on end, just country music blaring over and over and over. So I think I just grew bitter at the whole country music world because of that experience in my life. Um, But there is something that I do love about country music, and it's this. You never have to wonder what a country song is about, do you? Like, man, they keep it simple. Um, They tell you exactly what they want you to know, right? You turn on the country uh, radio station and you're going to hear about somebody's pickup truck, somebody's dog dying, somebody's wife has left and burned their clothes up. Um, Or or this is my all-time personal favorite. There are some guys out there that want you to know that there are girls in this world who think tractors are sexy. And... um, I, I don't get that, maybe you do, but, uh, but I, I love country music for that. Now listen, the song that these guys just sang for us, Need You Now, by Lady Anna, Annabelm—it's it's no different. I mean, two lines into the song, you're starting to realize that this song is about someone who has been walked out on by someone that they love and care about deeply, and they are hurting so badly inside, and they have no idea where to turn or what to do. And then you dig into the chorus, you dive into the chorus, and you hear that line that brings the whole song into focus for us, and it says this. It says, I said I wouldn't call, but I've lost all control, and I need you now. Like This song is simply about someone who feels like they've lost complete control of themselves because of a relationship gone bad, and they find themselves in a very desperate place, and then they start doing very desperate things like taking pictures off of walls, smashing them on the floor. Um, you hear the line that says, um, I'm a little drunk. They're picking up bottles to try to drink away and ease their pain. And and, and let me just be real for a minute, okay? Because I, I grew up in the church and I grew up in the church here in the South. And so I can only imagine that there's somebody sitting in the room this morning going, I can't believe they just sang that song at Westridge and talks about getting drunk and drinking whiskey and Um, Guys, can I just tell you why we did that and why we chose to, to use the song this morning? Because this is real life. Because there are people that walk into this room every single week who feel like their lives are spinning out of control. And they are turning to these same desperate measures to try and ease the pain that they're experiencing and feeling. And guys, if we don't bring these struggles up in church, we're not doing a very good job at being the church. So man, we're going to talk about it this morning. And listen, maybe you're that person that's sitting in the room and you are struggling with life right now because you feel like you have lost control and you have no idea where to turn or what to do. Like maybe you can identify with, with this song because for you it is a relationship. Like you have been walked out on. Someone has left you, someone has rejected you, someone has abandoned you, you don't understand it, you don't get it, and you can't say anything or do anything to fix it, and it is killing you inside. Maybe for some of you it's your job situation, right? In this economy, you've been let go, and it doesn't matter where you send your resume, what interview you go to, you can't catch a break anywhere, and you are struggling, and you feel like you have lost control, and you just can't do anything to make it work, Um, Maybe for some of you, it's a secret sin in your life that no one knows about, but it's destroying you, it's destroying your family, it is destroying your walk with the Lord, and over and over and over and over again. You have tried to put the brakes on this thing. You've tried to just grab it and and do all you can to stop it, but it's got you. And, And it's out of control in your life, and you don't know what to do to fix it. Um, Maybe for others of you, it's a son or a daughter that has walked away from the Lord and has left your family. And it doesn't matter how much you pray, how much you love them. They just don't seem to be coming back. And you don't know what to do. Maybe for others of you, you've been to the doctor and you've heard some bad news. Or maybe there's somebody in your life that's experienced that same thing. And you feel more out of control right now than you've ever felt in your entire life. Um, I'm going to say something to you, and this is going to sound really weird at first, but just stay with me, okay? Here's what I want you to hear. You being out of control is a good thing. Let let me just say that again in case you kind of missed that or maybe you thought you didn't hear me right. You being out of control is a good thing, and maybe you're sitting here going, James, how in the world can you say that? Do you know what I've experienced? you know where I am? Do you know what I'm going through? How in the world can you tell me that me being out of control is a good thing? Um, here's how. Because when you open this book and you read it, here's what it teaches It teaches that when you and I start to lose control of ourselves, it is then and only then that we can start to find true peace in the one who is in control of everything. And this morning, I want us to dig into that truth. So if you have your Bibles, let's take them out. I want you to open them up to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. And uh, this is probably my favorite psalm out of this entire book. And so when Brian asked me to speak this morning, I was really excited. I'm excited to talk through this. Um, As you're flipping there, I just want to remind you of a couple things, okay? This particular psalm was written by David. Now, we've spent some time over the last several weeks talking about what David had experienced, what he lived through. And I just want to remind you of some of these things, okay? Um, When David was king, he was a man that committed adultery and murder during his reign. And the woman he got pregnant when he committed adultery, Bathsheba, um, or, or she he committed adultery, Bathsheba, she got pregnant. And after she had the baby, the baby ends up dying because of David's sin. Now, after all this happens, one of David's sons rapes one of his daughters. He does nothing about it. So one of his other sons, Absalom, kills his own brother because of what his his brother has done. And then he decides that he is going to plot against David. He's going to kill David. He's going to become king. So David takes off out of Jerusalem. His own son is trying to hunt him down to kill him. And when Absalom and his men finally get to where David and his men are, they fight. Absalom is killed. David loses his other son. Um, This was a man who understood what it was like to feel out of control of life and circumstances. I mean, he knew what it was like to feel out of control of emotions, desires, his family, relationship. I mean... This guy understood what it was like. So in Psalm 139, I want us to to read this together, okay? Psalm 139, starting in verse 1. Here's what David has to say. He says, "O Lord, you have searched me and known me. "'You know when I sit down and when I rise up. "'You discern my thoughts from afar. "'You search out my path and my lying down. "'You're acquainted with all my ways.'" Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me and the light be night about me, Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you for my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If I should count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Now, I want to take the next few minutes and walk through these verses so that we get a clear picture of what David is trying to communicate here. In in verses 1 through 6, here's what David is saying to the Lord. He's going, God, you know me. Like, you know everything about me. You know me better than I know myself. And, and he kind of starts going into it. He goes, I mean, God, are you kidding? You know how many times I have sat down and stood up today. Like, some of us can't remember how many times we have sat down and stood up in this service, right? We're trying to count back. And David's going, you know me so well that you know when I sit down and when I stand up. And then he goes, and you know everything that runs through my mind. Some of you guys hear that and you go, "Uh, James, really? Like he knows everything? Everything. Every thought that passes through your mind, David's going, the Lord knows that. He goes, man, you know when I'm going out somewhere. You know when I'm coming back to sleep. You know everything about everything that I do. And then David goes, but not only that, you know everything that I say before I ever say it. Like, can you imagine that this morning, that God, if he were to step into this room right now, like, he could tell you everything that you would say later this afternoon um, as you're screaming at the TV watching the game. Like, he could tell you everything. Um, And David is going, God, that's just crazy. Even before the words that I'm gonna speak come off of my lips, you know exactly what I'm going to say. And in verses five and six, I love it, you get this picture of David going, God, are you kidding me? Like, you know all that stuff. He goes, man, I can't understand that. I don't get that. I I can't wrap my brain around that. That kind of knowledge, it is too wonderful for me. I can't comprehend it. I'll never get it. But God, man, you are amazing and wonderful that you know me in this way. And then David goes on and he goes, "But, but not only that, he goes, man, I can't get away from you in the next six verses he goes God it doesn't matter what I do I can't escape your presence I mean he, he says right here he goes listen if I go to heaven you're there if I go to the depths of hell, you're there. If I get up early in the morning, you're gonna be there. If I go to the bottom of the deepest ocean, you're gonna be there. I could go to the darkest place imaginable and I could try to hide from you, but it doesn't matter because when you show up, it's, it's all light, it's all the same. Darkness is as light to you. God, I cannot get away from you. We almost get this picture like God is kind of here to bother us, like the world is full of him. And David is just recognizing God, I just can't I just can't get away from you. And then he keeps going in these verses and he goes, and not only that, he said, but God, your power blows me away. And I almost get this picture of David kind of just like looking at himself, you know, because he goes, God, you put me together. Like you formed me, God, you did all this. Before I was ever born, you knew me. And you knew me because you were the one who thought of me. You created me. You sent the blood pumping through my veins. God, before I was here in this world, you knew me completely. And David goes, I just have to praise you for that because you have fearfully and wonderfully made me. Listen, this, this morning, I just want to tell you um, how fearfully and wonderfully God has made you and me. So I want you to listen. This is some kind of cool stuff, okay? Um, science tells us that the average human brain has about 100 billion nerve cells. And when the brain sends out nerve impulses, they travel as fast as 170 miles per hour. Your stomach, it has to develop a new layer of mucus every two weeks or it would digest itself. I thought that was kind of cool. It takes the interaction of 72 different muscles to produce human speech. When you sneeze, it leaves your mouth at over 100 miles an hour. And when that happens, every single one of your bodily functions stops, including your heart. When we're born, our eyeballs that are in our face, they will stay the same size our entire lives. But unfortunately for some of us, our ears and our nose will never stop growing. Um, The average human scalp has over 100,000 hairs. And the Bible tells us that God knows every single one of them by number. The average human blinks their eyes 6.2 million times each year. The entire length of all the eyelashes, It's is kind of weird, you shed your eyelashes over the course of your life. And uh, the entire length of all the eyelashes that you will shed over your life is over 98 feet long. Um, that's again strange, but cool. Um, your skull is made up of 29 different bones. The average surface of the human intestine is 656 square feet. The surface of the human skin is 6.5 square feet. All of us in the room this morning, we are made up of 80 percent water. Listen to this one. This one is kind of weird too. Um, the average human will shed 40 pounds of skin in a lifetime. It is some of you, or it is time for some of you to go buy a new mattress. This afternoon, because of that, um, the human heart creates enough pressure to squirt blood 30 feet. When you were born, as a a little baby, you had over 300 bones in your body. And when you get to be an adult, it, it drops down to 206. Human thigh bones are stronger than concrete. There are over 45 miles of nerves in the skin of a human being. The average human heart will beat 3 billion times in its lifetime and pump 48 gallons of blood. During a 24-hour period, the average human will breathe over 23,000 times. And every single day, the blood in your body travels over 60,000 miles just to keep you alive. Um, guys, you get that that didn't just happen, right? Right? God did that. He did that. He has put you together. He has fearfully and wonderfully made you. And this morning you are here and you are living and you are moving and you are breathing because of Him and Him alone. And guys, guess what? That's enough reason for us to worship the Lord. I love Romans 1, what it says... um, where it talks about how God has put his divine nature on display in all of creation, including in you and I, so that men will be without excuse and they can never say that there is no God. Guys, this is proof right here. Um, It's hard for me to understand when people go, no, 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 I believe that nothing blew up and all of this just happened. No, you don't. Because if this book is true... You know, you know he's real. You know that God did this. You know that all this didn't just happen. God has wonderfully and fearfully put us together along with the rest of all his creation. And that's reason for us to worship him. Listen, here's what I love so much about this psalm. Here's why it's one of my favorite, why it for me has been life changing and life giving, because it points to two huge truths that should give us all so much comfort and so much confidence in our God this morning. And the first one I've kind of already mentioned, but I'm going to dig into this a little bit. The first truth is this this psalm reveals to us that our God knows us completely, He knows us completely. And again, I know what some of you are thinking, you're kind of freaked out by that. And you're going, James, how does that give me confidence? How does that give me comfort? Um, here's how. When life is spinning out of control, when you can't seem to get your arms around your circumstances, don't you want someone like this in your life? Someone who gets you. Someone who understands you. Someone who knows you. Someone who can understand your thoughts when you can't get the right words out. He knows what you're trying to say. Don't you want someone in your life that you can run to, find strength in, lean on, and and get hope and peace from? And David's going, well, this is God. I mean, he knows you completely. This is who he is in your life. And guys, here's the great thing this morning. Um, God doesn't just know us completely from afar. You see, God also knows us completely because over 2,000 years ago, he wrapped himself in human flesh, and he came to live as one of us. I want you to listen to what, what Hebrews four fourteen and 15 says. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every way, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Guys, do you understand that when Jesus came here as a man over 2,000 years ago, he walked through life the same way we're walking through life. And you see, Jesus understands what it's like to have somebody he loves deeply abandon and reject him in one of his greatest times of need. Jesus knows what it's like to get the word that somebody he loves deeply has died tragically. He stood outside the tomb of one of his best friends and he wept that his friend had died. You see, Jesus understands what it's like to cry out in agony to God in a time of need and to hear nothing back. Jesus knows what it's like to stare death in the face and to be overwhelmed, to be terrified, and to be stressed out. And you see, here's the confidence that we have this morning is that when we run to God and we feel out of control with what's happening in our life, we don't come to a God who's going, man, I don't get that, man, that stinks. Well, I'll try to help out in some way. We're coming to a God who goes, I know, I know, I've been there, I experienced that, I get it, I know how that feels, I know. You see, this morning, man, that gives us so much comfort and so much confidence in the God that we are here to worship and glorify and to speak highly of. He is a God who knows us completely. And the second truth that this passage uncovers for us is this. Is that our God, he's got us. He's got us. Like, I hope that you get that this morning. Because I feel like so many times when we face rough patches in life, we go through storms, we hit circumstances that we lose control of. We forget that our God is the same God that spoke creation into being and he is holding it all together still to this day. We forget that our God is the one who is making our heart beat and our lungs fill with breath moment by moment. We forget that our God cannot be hidden from, he cannot be escaped, he is never surprised at anything that has happened is happening now now or will happen in the future and listen in his word he has never promised to deliver us from every storm that we will face in life but he has promised us that his power and his presence will always be enough to deliver us through them you see the bible tells us that if we know the lord that he has us in his hand and there is nothing absolutely nothing that will ever cause us or cause him to let us go. You see, he's got us. And he holds us if we're his. And again, that should give us so much confidence and comfort in knowing that our Lord, and He's holding on to us so tightly, and nothing can separate us from His love. So here's the question: Knowing this about God, what in the world do we do? What do we do with this? Um, Here's what we do. We worship him. Give him our lives. We live our lives in a way and we speak words that tell the Lord and show the Lord that we are in desperate need of him. It means some of us need to let go of what we're trying to control and let the one who is in control of everything truly be our God in our life. You see, we got to rejoice in him this morning as the God who is in control of us, who has us, and who knows us completely. I I want you to listen to this passage from Philippians 4. Here's what it says. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, when the Apostle Paul wrote these words, it wasn't like he was having a good day. Okay, he was sitting in a jail cell, chained to guards, starving, dehydrated, wondering if he was going to die that day. And and it wasn't Paul sitting here in this this jail cell going, well, let's just rejoice. Life is, is good. Let's rejoice in these terrible circumstances. Guys, listen, if you're struggling right now, if life is tough, if life is spinning out of control, be real about it. Tell somebody. Get help. Like, don't try to fake it. But Paul does say, hey, in in spite of your circumstances, in the midst of your circumstances, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the one who knows you and who holds you close to himself and who will never let you go. And Paul goes, when you do that, what will happen is this, is the peace of God that, that surpasses all understanding. You're not going to understand it. The world around you, it will make no sense to them. But it's going to start to guard your minds, to guard your hearts. And when that happens, God will become more real in your life and through your life than he's ever been. And so what do you do when life is spinning out of control, when you have no control over what's happening? You let go and you rejoice in the Lord who knows you and who has you. At the end of Psalm 139, David closes with the prayer and he said, God, search me. Know my heart. Try me, test my thoughts, see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, some of us this morning, we need to pray that same prayer. We need to come before God and ask him to search us out, to test us, to see if our heart is truly his. If we are truly devoted to him and God, we need to plead for him. God, I am out of control. I don't know what to do anymore. God, you take the reins. God, you lead me. You guide me. You take me where you want me to go. God, I'm yours and I trust you. And so this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to do just that. I want to give us the opportunity to rejoice and to worship the one who has us, who knows us. And I want to give us the opportunity to come before the Lord and to lose control and to let him be the one to pick up the reins to lead our lives from this point forward listen. will you pray with me Father I thank you so much for your word and for the amazing truth God that you have revealed to us in the pages of the Bible God I thank you for who you are God I thank you that you know me God the depths of my being God that you still love me God, that anything I need, God, that you are there for me. God, I thank you that you hold me tightly as your child and you refuse to let me go. God, my prayer over this room this morning, God, is that we would be blown away by all that you are. God, that we would be blown away by your power, that we would be blown away by your presence. God, some of us have been hiding in in what's going wrong in our lives for way too long, Father God, and some of us need to be bothered by your presence this morning. So God, would you bother us, disturb us? God, some of us just need someone to listen to the cries of our heart, and I thank you, God, that you get whatever it is. God, that we're bringing before you, God, I thank you that when we can't even get words out of our mouth that your Holy Spirit is speaking to you on our behalf, pleading with you, God, about what it is that we need. God, there there are so many of us in this room this morning, God, that are just struggling, have broken hearts, God, and are trying to figure out, God, what we can do. God, to to bring some sense of control and calm and peace back into our lives. So God, my prayer is that you would be very present this morning. God, that as we rejoice in you, as we worship you, God, as we search you out and ask you to search us, God, that your peace would flood our hearts, would flood our lives, God, would guard our minds. God, we, we trust you and we love you. God, we thank you that when we feel out of control, God, that we can have confidence that you have it. God, we just pray that you'd be here in our presence this morning in a mighty and a powerful way. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in your name. Amen.